Hey, thank you so much for joining us for the NCC More podcast. As you can see, we are doing a little different format, but the goal is the same. We are trying to bring a little additional value to you from the Sunday morning messages. I've got Jared here, and he's going to be asking some questions that come right from uh, right from the message. And uh, I believe this is going to be helpful. We're going to we're going to uh, check it out this summer. And uh, right now, you know, we just kicked off our Friend of Sinners series yep, uh, yep. today. And it was incredible. Su- super excited yeah. about where that's going to go. We're all reading the book by Rich Wilkerson Jr., Friend of Sinners. It's going to be a great summer, a summer of yeah, acceleration, yeah. a summer of growth. And um, and we're just trying to add some more value. And so Jared's going to be asking some questions. I'm going to be answering them hopefully. And uh, <laughs> if not, I'm sure Jared will have a great answer for us. Well, um, Philip, I, I want to start off, uh, first off, you know, as we were starting off the message today, there was actually a scripture that we cut at the beginning, but you oh. still talked about the topic. The scripture was 2 Corinthians 5.21, um, about how Jesus has given us this new identity. All the, the past is gone. Yeah. Behold, the new has come. Yeah. And I, I, and, but you still talked about Jesus giving us this new identity. And I want to talk about how do you see uh, the new whenever you're so overwhelmed by how bad your past has been? Wow. You know, I mean, that's a great, that's a great question. Um, you know, I, I, I do like that, though, where Paul writes and he says that the old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And actually that word behold, it, it means to look, to see, to observe, um, which is, is really, the, to me, it's about taking your focus okay, off of what was and putting my focus on what can be. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. not, it's not you know, what has happened, it's what can happen. Wow. It's not who I have been, it's who I can be. Mm-hmm. And so I think that um, taking our, our attention off of um, you know of those uh, uh, old behaviors of that past, you know, like you literally have to let your past pass away. Mm-hmm. Like you have to let it pass by, right? You have to move on, um, and and find that new identity. But I believe that only happens when you behold it, when you see it, when it becomes a possibility. You know, before it can ever be a reality, it has to be a possibility. Yeah, and yeah. I think that a lot of people get stuck in that. Is that they they don't. They don't ever see it as a possibility. Like, can I really be free mm-hmm. from this behavior? Can, can I really experience that level mm-hmm. of, of abundant mm-hmm. life? Wow. Yeah. Can that really happen to me? And I think that people get stuck when they say it can't be a possibility. And so it never becomes a reality. Yeah. But we have to get to the place where we say, no, this can be a possibility. I can overcome. Mm-hmm. I can change. I can be transformed. And when it becomes a possibility, that's what allows it to eventually become mm-hmm. a reality mm-hmm. so that we can live that new life, that new existence that, that God really has for us. Man, that is so good. That is so good. Uh, and then continuing throughout the message, uh, then you begin to talk about how uh, Jesus said that he he came and he desired mercy over sacrifices. And, mm-hmm. of course, he was quoting the book of Hosea, which we went into. Um, and, of course, we in our modern-day culture, we do not make sacrifices. It's not like we're all bringing our, our goats and, and calves to church, you know. Um, Please don't do that. <laughs> right. Please don't. <laughs> so what does that look like in our, in our modern-day society whenever someone's living 
off of their sacrifice and not living for the mercy, like living, like looking for mercy rather than, you know, looking for their confidence in their sacrifice. What's that look like? Yeah. You know, I think it's, I think it's really good in that, um, you know, Jesus was our sacrifice once and for all. Mm. He, he was the one that died for our sins so that we don't have to come and make those sacrifices. So what we find our identity in is not what we do, which is what they they would have found their identity in the sacrifice that they were bringing, mm-hmm. right? My, sacri- my, my identity would have been, did I bring a lamb uh, or did I just bring two doves? Like, because I couldn't afford the lamb, so I just brought these doves. And so my identity would be in the sacrifice that I gave. Like, God, this mm-hmm. is who I am. You see how much I love you. You see how much I care about you. Yeah. But Jesus was our sacrifice. So our identity is no longer in what we bring to God. Mm-hmm. My identity is what Jesus brought to me yeah, <laughs> or what yeah. Jesus brought to God, actually, so in, in, in my place, right? Yeah. And mm-hmm. so that's where I find my identity. Mm-hmm. It's not in what I bring. It's what Jesus brought, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And so yeah. I find my identity in him. And, and you know, when, then Paul says that we should live our lives as a living sacrifice, mm-hmm. right? Well, to me, the, the, as a living sacrifice, it's not, about, it's not about what I do in terms of like, I sing, I praise, I, I, you know, the, these things that I, that I do. It's literally about me dying to myself, mm. which is way harder than bringing a big offering. Right. <laughs> right. You know, I, can, I can give, I can give a, a hundred dollars but whenever I have to love somebody who's mistreated me, mm-hmm. I would much rather give a hundred dollars. Way easier, right? Right. right and right. so, what then forgive somebody who has wronged me, mm-hmm. right? Way harder. And so, I think that's what Paul gets at. Is like, no, we need to live our lives as a living, a living sacrifice. We are the sacrifice. Yeah. And I think when you really get to that, man, it's that's where that's where it really gets tough. Mm-hmm. Showing mercy, right? Mm-hmm. That's what yeah. that's what he said. Show mercy. Show love live that way, that's where the challenge uh, really is, not in just paying my tithe or offering yeah. to God. Like it's, in, it's in living that out where I have to die to myself. Yeah, yeah, that, that is so good about how we don't place our identity in what we bring to God, but we place our identity in what God has brought to us. That's, yeah. that's powerful. Um, uh, yeah, but then we talked about how Jesus, you know, being for us, God being for us, God loving us, uh, and you mentioned that Jesus isn't against your sin, or Jesus is against your sin, but he's not against you. Mm. And, and so really, like for someone who's like new to following Jesus or someone who's questioning following Jesus, how how can Jesus be against what you do but be for you? Uh, that, you know, I think that's a, that's a great question. And I think that that is a, um, um, many times that's a, uh, one of those things that's like hard, hard, uh, to, to really wrestle down, right, you know, right, and I yeah. think that's a great question because I think that that's, that's really one of the things in Christianity and in following Jesus mm-hmm. where, yeah, Jesus is against sin, but he's for me. Mm-hmm. Well, I think whenever you look at what Jesus came to do and that first of all, Jesus came that we might have eternal life. Yeah. I mean, John three sixteen. Yeah. whoever believes in him and his sacrifice mm-hmm. would spend eternity in heaven, but we would have eternal life. But then Jesus also said in John 10, 10, that he came so that we could have abundant life. Mm-hmm. We could have it to the full until it overflows, right? That's that's what Jesus came for us to have. Yeah. Um, and so whenever we, whenever we, um, um, what was the question? <laughs> How can Jesus be against 
my sin. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Perfect, perfect, <laughs> yeah. perfect. And so whenever we, whenever we, 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 we see that that Jesus came for eternal life, Jesus came for abundant life. Mm-hmm. So I, I have to see in there that Jesus is for me. Mm-hmm. I don't deserve eternal life, right, right? But He came to give me eternal life, right? I don't deserve abundant life. But Jesus came to give me abundant life. Mm-hmm. Jesus came so that I could live in the overflow of joy, peace, and then spend eternity in heaven with the Father. I don't deserve any of that. Yeah. But Jesus came to give me that. So I have to see that he's for me. Mm-hmm. But yet at the same time, sin is against God and God is against sin. Mm-hmm. Why? Because sin is trying to keep me from the life that God wants me to live. Man, that's so good. So, yeah, so yeah. God is against the sin. Jesus is against the sin because it's like it'd be against cancer. Right. Right? Like we're against cancer. Why? Because we're for people. We're right. for life. Right? right. So we don't want to, we're against cancer. We want to remove cancer. Yeah. That's what sin becomes in our life. So God is against it because it brings harm. Yeah. It, it's detrimental. Mm-hmm. It keeps us from living in the fullness, the abundant life. So God wants to remove the sin, mm-hmm. but he wants us to know he's for us in the process. Yeah. And so I think we see that through, we see that throughout, throughout scriptures, throughout the gospels, um, it just in Jesus' interaction with his disciples you know Jesus was for these guys we, we know these guys were not perfect these guys had serious character flaws but Jesus was for them but he never condoned their behavior that's so good that's so good uh, in, in that same vein kind of what do I do when I feel like God has given up on me mm. you know like we, we talked about you know how God doesn't give up on you but that still doesn't that still doesn't run in sync sometimes with how we feel when we do sin, when we do fall short, when we do mess up, and we have that feeling of rejection. We have that feeling of, you know, God's done with me. We have that feeling of what do I do? What do I do then whenever I feel like God uh, is kind of like ostracizing me because of my sin? Yeah, I think that happens whenever, whenever we see our life through our own perspective and paradigm, through a human mindset and not through the mindset of God. Mm -hmm. Because the human mindset is wired that way where God is wired in a way of unconditional love. We think about the story that Jesus tells uh, in Luke 15, Mm -hmm. right? The story of the prodigal son. I mean, we're going to be talking about that in in the series, but just, I mean, think about that, that story. The son takes his inheritance, goes out, spends that inheritance in wild and crazy and ungodly, unrighteous behavior. And yet when he decides to come home, the father doesn't pout. The father doesn't go, okay, well, yeah, you can have the back room, you know, you can, no, the father runs to him. We know the story, embraces him, kisses him, puts a new ring on his finger, a new robe around him, new shoes on his feet. That's the way the father embraced him, mm-hmm. and that and that's the way that the father embraces us. Mm-hmm. And and you know and and so I think that's a godly mindset. I mean, it's hard in humanity to be like you would be like, hey, bro, like come on, man, you gotta you gotta pay you gotta pay a price for that. Like yeah. there needs to be a consequence for that. Right, right, right. right. There needs to be you be punished for that. Right, right. You know, that's not in the story. Mm-hmm. The father runs, embraces him, and then throws him a party. Yeah. Doesn't just welcome him back, celebrates mm-hmm. him. And that's not a human mindset. Right. It's not a human mentality, you know? And so I think that we, when we when we see it 
from the perspective of God, and we begin to see the unconditional love of God. True, true, amazing grace. Mm -hmm. I think that that's the only way where we can get into that, where I, I can say, yeah, I'll I think I don't deserve another chance. Yeah. If I was God, I would give up on me. Those are fair things. But God's not going to give up on me because God's not like me. Mm -hmm. God's not thinking like I think. He's right, not right. feeling like right. I feel. Uh, God, God is operating and playing the game at a different standard. Yeah. Right? I mean, as the scripture says, my thoughts are higher than your thoughts, right? Mm -hmm. My ways are higher than your ways. Okay. As much as we want to get there, we're never going to fully get there. God's always going to be higher, <laughs> always going to be greater. Right. right? Yeah. And so I think that, that uh, that's where we have to go is we have to just we have to just kind of like kind of let go mm -hmm. and say, it's not about what I think I deserve. It's not about the way that I feel. Mm -hmm. It's about, God, how do you feel about me? Mm -hmm. And we see that through the context of who Jesus was and yeah. the unconditional love that he showed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that kind of like embodies the like the, the meaning and the definition of the word grace. Absolutely. You know, it's all about what we didn't deserve, but God still brought to us because of Jesus. Right. I mean, it's the, it's the essence of the good news. Right. You know, I mean, good news. Jesus came to preach the good news to the poor. Well, here's the thing. We're all poor. Yeah. Everybody's poor. He's not talking about financially. He's talking about you're poor in your soul. Yeah. You had a debt that you couldn't pay. That we all we all understand that. Mm -hmm. He gave he gave you know ten commandments. We couldn't follow the ten commandments. <laughs> right. You know? right. And, and, and then they developed it into six hundred and nineteen other commandments. Right, right. There's no way we we couldn't follow. We were going to violate the law, and there was no way for us to pay that debt. Yeah. We were all poor. We could not pay the debt that we had to pay. So Jesus came to pay the debt. Man, that is the best news that anybody could ever say, right, right. that somebody paid a debt for you that you could not pay. Yeah. And that's essentially what, what God did. That's unconditional love. Right. That's amazing grace. Yeah. There's no other way to say it. That's so good. Uh, so going into the practical side of things, what in our lives practically, what does it look like to go from God's not judging me to uh, to God is loving me in our lives in our thought process how we how we make decisions uh, you know driving down airline drive yeah. you know when we're stuck in traffic or when we're in the grocery store whenever we get impatient with our spouse or our kids what does that look like practically working through our lives from God's not judging me to God is loving me I think it starts with an awareness of the culture that many of us grew up in the culture of judgment that we were raised in. You do this, you're a sinner, you're going to hell, right? I mean, like, just a heart, right? God's watching you. God's, you know, God's going to punish you. Uh, you know, almost like God is like Santa Claus, right? You know, you're naughty, yeah. you don't get any good things, right? He's so, making a list. It's a, right, he's making a list. And he's checking it, not twice, a hundred times. Yeah, right? yeah. I mean, like that. And so people, right, I think the, I think it starts with the awareness mm -hmm. for, for many of us. Now, it's not every, not everybody was raised in that culture. Mm -hmm. But for so many people growing up in Shreveport, Bossier, that's the culture they were raised in. Mm -hmm. The home that they were raised in, the church that they were raised in, in a very religious and judgmental culture, environment, and atmosphere. I had so many people stop me at the door leaving and say, you were talking straight to me. I, I was raised in that culture. You were talking straight to me. That's the way my family was. You were talking, I had so many people today. I think that's where it starts. It has to start with, this is where I am. Mm -hmm. 
This is the way I've been programmed. Because so, I mean, that it's, it's, it doesn't matter like how, where you are. Like you are programmed to think the way that you think. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. It goes. You know. It goes back to a couple weeks ago when I talked about that DIA. You know. Yeah. <laughs> it's not the DNA. That DIA. Yeah. Don't know what that is. It's because I made it up. You know. It's that daily imitation of action. So we start living out what we've seen. Yeah. People living under that spirit of judgment. What do we live out? We live out the judgment that other people are living under. Mm-hmm. We go to church with people that are feeling that judgment. Yeah. Talking about that judgment. We start living that out. And then we find we find ourselves living under that atmosphere, under that umbrella. And so I think it starts with just starts right there of saying, man, mm-hmm. for the last 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, I have lived under this umbrella of judgment. Okay, well, that doesn't just change overnight. Don't just step out of judgment into love because you've programmed yourself. Mm-hmm. I program myself. I, I think a certain way whenever I sin. I think it's, I, I, I think certain things whenever I don't do what I know I should do. Mm-hmm. I, I, I have certain thoughts. Well, those thoughts have created patterns in my life. Well, what I've got to do is I've got to change the patterns. Mm-hmm. Well, the only way I do that is through believing and receiving this truth that God truly loves me for me. Mm-hmm. And, and that is the identity that I cling to. That's the identity that I hold on to. Mm-hmm. Um, and that begins the process. But I think starting where so many people started on, on, on Sunday morning, yeah, so many people lifted a hand and said, that's me. I feel like I, I grew up in an environment of judgment I'm living that out in my life and I'm ready to break through and live a different yeah, life. Yeah. I think that's what that's where it begins. And then from from there, you begin to make the step to recognize it every time it happens. You know, I think I think that's where, you know, recognizing every time the judgment like knocks on the door, you will feel bad, feel, you know, like I'm not participating. Mm-hmm. I'm not participating in that. I, I, I'm choosing a different path, mm-hmm. and that is that God that God loves me. Now, then the question becomes this: like, where does repentance fit into this? Right. Right. Because repentance is a real thing. Right. Right. Um, but I think we many times we made, and now now we really know, <laughs> we're now getting we're into really it. We're just getting thick. <laughs> I, think, I think sometimes people make people. religious people love repentance Mm -hmm. because they want you to feel the pain and the shame of what you did. I'm talking about repentance in this negative, in this negative way, not what I really believe repentance is, but in this negative, like you ought to feel sorry for what you did. Like they attach repentance to shame and guilt and like, just, I think it's prevalent in in the church, prevalent in Christianity Mm -hmm. that repentance is this, kneeling at the altar, like feeling so bad about what I did, which leads me to feel so bad about myself, which then leads me to feel like I'm powerless to change. And I just find myself again next week there at the altar feeling the exact same thing. And then I never change. Mm -hmm. Repentance is actually turning and moving in a different direction. Right, right. That's real repentance. And I like that scripture that you shared today in your message you said um, uh, that it's actually his kindness yeah. that leads us to repentance. And a lot of times us who grew up in a religious culture think that maybe it's his judgment, his harsh words, you know, his like that convicted message yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. is what's going to lead us to repentance. But no, it's his, it's his kindness absolutely. that leads us to change. Absolutely. Because like we said on Sunday is that we are not changed by judgment. We're changed by love. Right. 
So the only way that we that we can be transformed, the only way that we can change, change our direction, literally the definition of repentance, mm-hmm. go in a different direction, move a different way. Right. The very definition of repentance can only happen through love. Right. Because it's the only way that yeah. we will go a different way. Yeah. Judgment does not do that for us. Mm-hmm. You know, we 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 all know that. You want to do more. Whenever I love you, you want to do more for me. Right, right. Right? And if I was just harsh and and judgmental and every time like you would hate me right right, <laughs> right? but but if i if i love you then i pull you and i draw you in this way well that's what god does for us yeah. through love god changes our direction <laughs> draws us out of ourselves and so i think this this you know, if I could use like that, like this negative repentance, almost right. this judgmental repentance that just makes me want to feel sorry. It doesn't actually live up to the real meaning of the word because mm-hmm. I never change. Right, right. I just come back next week, right. fall on my knees mm-hmm. and feel bad about what I did, but I never change. I never go in a different direction. Mm-hmm. And so, and, and I think we can be programmed for this emotion because mm-hmm. if we grew up in this culture, like we're programmed that, oh, this is what it really means to seek God. This is what it really means to go after God. No, it's not. <laughs> Repentance is changing. Right. Repentance is moving in a different direction. And I just haven't found that judgment does that. Yeah. I've found that love does that. Yeah. And so if we if we want to change and be transformed, mm-hmm. the only way for us to do that is to say, God, you love me. That's so good. At the end, it's the only way. And that is so good. Wow. Wow. Well, th- those are all the questions that I had. Uh, coming Fantastic. out of this, but man, thank you so much. This I'm excited for this series. Man, I, you know, I'm, I'm really excited too. And I think that, uh, man, just the response on Sunday was amazing. Mm-hmm. People just saying that, wow, yeah. like you spoke right to my heart because I because that's what the good news message does. Right, right. It speaks right to our heart. And, you know, just kind of the theme from Sunday and the theme that we're carrying out through all this week is that Jesus cares more about me than he does my sin. Yeah. And that slaps religion in the face. It does. Because religion is always about my sin, but Jesus is always about me. <laughs> and uh, and so, man, I'm super excited. Yeah. We're going to make our way through this series. Hey, I just want to say, if you are not in a group, it's not too late. You need to sign up for one of our summer groups. Be meeting June and July. And if you have not purchased the book yet, Friend of Sinners, you don't want to be the only person in our community not reading the book. I promise you the book is going to challenge you and the book is going to change you. Make a commitment. Be here on Sundays. Make a commitment. Read the book. Join a group. And let's go on this journey of acceleration together.